welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Let me be like you in all my ways. Give me your strength. Teach me your song. Shelter me in the shadow of your wings. For we are your righteousness. If we die to ourselves and if through your death And we shall be born again to be blessed in your love Create in me a clean heart, O God Let me be like you in all my ways Give me your strength Teach me your song Shelter me in the shadow of your wings For we are your righteousness If we die to ourselves And live through your death And we shall be born Again to be blessed in your And this is the National Day of Prayer, and we're glad that you've joined us today on News in Focus. It's going to be a little different today, as I've asked some of my pastor friends to join me behind the microphones, and we're going to lead you in a time of prayer for our nation. We're going to be praying for the church, for our young people, and praying for revival in the land. The Bible says in Psalm 11, beginning in verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, and his countenance doth behold the upright. In Second Chronicles 7.14, the declaration from the Scriptures, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then shall I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. It was true in the days of Solomon. It's been true throughout history of the Jewish people. It's true throughout the ages of the church, and it's true today, if my people. Well, today I want you to join with me as Pastor Al Davis from the Richfield Bible Baptist Church is with me in studio. Pastor Rodney Lord of Marietta, Ohio, of the Freedom Gate Church is with us, and also Pastor Mark Abel of uh, Skywatchers Ministry out of Ashland, Ohio, is with us. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Well, welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, as we think about what a fix we're in as a nation right now, I mean, I was just uh, realizing as we think on Capitol Hill today, normally there would be a prayer observance. In fact, way back in the day of Thomas Jefferson's presidency, when the U.S. Capitol was being constructed in the early days of Washington, D.C., actually just storm, starting to formulate. There weren't many church buildings in Washington area, and he, as president, gave uh, the opportunity for local congregations to use the U.S. Capitol to gather on Sundays for an opportunity for worship. And throughout our history, we've been a nation of prayer and calling to prayer. And on this, the National Day of Prayer, is a time for us to come together to intercede for our country. Well, unfortunately, on Capitol Hill today, there is no prayer observance. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has locked out any of the prayer gatherings on the nation's capital. A few years ago, I was able to go and to participate 
with the Bible reading marathon that's carried on for some years now, and with a small group of people. And you know foreigners came and visit our nation's capital, and from all over the world, and they were amazed to see the Bible read in open. They said, we cannot do this in our country. It's against the law. And they joined with us in reading the scriptures, and I love the group that was there because they had translations of the Bible in so many languages, like something like 50 different languages. And so these people would read the Bible in their language. And yet none of that's happening in Washington, but folks, they can't keep us from praying, can they, Pastor Al? Absolutely not. That's ingrained in our Bill of Rights, but more importantly, it is a fundamental right that's given to us by our Creator, the Lord God Almighty. Pastor Rodney, you have been a pastor who has called his people to prayer all these years. You have a a burden for our nation. You've been to Washington many times. You've uh, encouraged your people to be involved politically, not to be caught up in the politics. That's not the answer. God is the answer. What are you thinking in these days that we're in right now as there is a darkness over our country? Well, um, I believe it's prime time for the Church to arise and awaken. Uh, As you know, we have what's called a a woke culture among us, but uh, I believe it's time for the Church to be reawakened to its assignment and its calling. And um, I believe this is the 70th um, anniversary of the National Day of Prayer. And so what a great moment it is to lift up our nation, and the Church has a primary responsibility to lead in that. Amen. This is, uh, you know, an opportunity every year we have on the calendar, and I've had the privilege of helping to organize National Days of Prayer, whether in the courthouse and local communities, uh, even uh, part of the National uh, Committee, and so and even being at the White House during the first couple of years with President Trump, he invited uh, clergy from across the country to join him on the White House lawn in the Rose Garden and to join with, with folks there to pray for our nation. And so it is a wonderful time of celebration, but it's a time for us to really seek God, seek His face. Pastor Mark, your thoughts? Well, you know, it, you think about the history and uh, uh of our nation and the godly heritage that we do have. And we look at how truth is being challenged in the streets and dying in the streets, as the scriptures say in both Isaiah and Jeremiah. And, you know, when they're trying to change the history and, 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 and take out the, uh, the heritage that make this, uh, uh, helped make this nation who we are. And, uh, I can, I can uh, think of uh, the Tocqueville's quote where he talked about looking for the greatness of America. And he, talks about searching in the vast forest and the and the bountiful harvests and or in the bountiful uh, um, harbors and he ends up saying you know America is great because America good, um, is good um, and he didn't find that till he saw our pulpits aflame with righteousness and that's where we need to return to and need to be faithful to and uh, they can try and take that stuff away from us and try and stop it in the public places as far as they can but there's a people here who love God and who are humble before him and, you know, want this nation uh, to return to the history that that formed us. Hmm. You know, I just finished a, a great book by the life of George Whitfield, and the many times he came to America and preached revival up and down the coast in the early colonial days before the American Revolution. And, of course, the Wesleys were here as well, and there was a great awakening, really, spiritually, And so we don't need to wait on government uh, to get the okay. We need to go forward. Isn't that right, Pastor Al? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, never in the Bible are we commanded to look to the government for direction, what we ought to do as God's people. We're to look to God, and we look to God through his word, and he will inform his people. And he raises up individuals from time to time to call his churches to repentance and call us to prayer and to remind us that we need to look to him for our direction, not man. Hmm. Well, let's take this time, and we'll start first with Pastor Al to lead us in praying for our nation on this, the National Day of Prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we pause here on this day and we think about the history of this country, Lord, this country would not have arisen on this continent if it weren't for the prayer of God's people 
in days gone by. This country would not exist today if it wasn't for the prayers that have been uplifted down through the years, even centuries, that have enabled us to be here today. Lord, we are commanded in your word to pray for our nation. The Apostle Paul wrote, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. And he told Timothy that this is because that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, so many of our pastors, so many of our churches, so many of our Christians across this land have forgotten that prayer is an obligation. It's not merely a moral obligation. It's a command from you. It's, it's given to us in your word to remind us to pray for kings and for all that are in authority. That includes our president. That includes the governors of our states. That includes the mayors of our cities across this land. That includes the township trustees, the county officials. I think that even includes the police and all of those that are in authority across our nation. If we're not praying for them, who is? Lord, you've given us that command that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, I believe that much of the trouble that we see in our country is because God's people aren't doing this. We're not praying. We're not lifting up our nation. We're not lifting up our leaders. We're not lifting up those in authority over us. And as a consequence, we live in a time that's not quiet and peaceable. We live in a time of ungodliness and dishonesty rather than what we should be praying for. The Lord Paul went on to say that this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Lord. Father, help us to be faithful, to lift up our nation, our leaders, on the national level, on the federal level, the county, the cities, the towns across this nation, that you would raise up prayer warriors that would pray for this nation and for all that are in authority, that we might have a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty that we can continue to proclaim your word so that all can come to the knowledge of the truth. And we thank you, God, for the freedom that we have to do this even today and every day. And we we just proclaim this and thank you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Al. And you know, in the scripture, it doesn't say, and pray for the ones you like or voted for. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're supposed to pray for those who are in public office. And so I encourage you and implore you, folks, to pray for our president, pray for Congress, pray for those in leadership, our governor, those who serve us in the Ohio State House. Recently, we sent them a letter and offering them a framed copy of the Ten Commandments for hanging in their office, and a dozen or so have re- accepted our request. We think there'll be more. And over the years, we've presented over 230 members of the Ohio General Assembly with framed copies of the Ten Commandments for hanging in their office. But we told them that we're praying for them as we've come through this COVID year of shutdown and so much stress on the population, and we said that we're praying for them. And they they expressed appreciation for that, so it's important that we do that. Pastor Rodney Lord, I'm going to ask you to pray for the Church on this, the National Day of Prayer. Thank you. Lord, as we, the Church, gather in towns and villages and large cities and capitals and courthouses and in, in humble places and places of prestige around the country, we see that it's the church gathering. And Lord, we remember what you said in Matthew 16, that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm. And I thank you, Lord, that not only did you say that, but you said you'd give us the keys to unlock things and to lock things up. You'd give us the keys of the kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, today as we are seated in heavenly places, that we have a view that is greater than just the view of man's view. We have heaven's view. And Lord, I thank you as prayers go out across this nation that the church would be revived and come alive. Lord, your word says you look for those. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth that you could strongly support those whose heart was completely 
his and yours, and that you are looking for those that would stand in the gap. And today, Lord, we believe the church is rising up to stand in the broken and hurting and torn places in this nation. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, for these kingdom leaders, Lord, that are voices, even prophetic voices to the land. I thank you for a young generation that you're raising up in the church. Uh, Lord, people like Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens and others, Lord, that are that are challenging this generation to engage, and we thank you for yes, that, Lord. Lord. And we believe that this ecclesia, this church, Lord, that's your bride, Lord, is that we are called out to govern in this moment. And Lord, we pray for pastors and leaders, even as my brother already quoted the phrase from Tocqueville about our our pulpits being ablaze with fire. Lord, we ask together that there would be great and increasing boldness in the church, that leaders would not fear the government, but they would have the fear of God. And Lord, we carry covenant. We know that. That is who we are. We're your covenant people. And even as Robert Hunt prayed, Lord, we would pray that the gospel would not only be released across this nation, but out of this nation, as it has historically done, that the gospel would continue to go forth. And so, Lord, we just thank you that your church is arising, awakening, and advancing your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Rodney. And that's so true, and I, I just sensed as uh, the Lord was leading you, praying for our young people, uh, leaders in the church, to carry it forward. And uh, the church is hurting right now because of COVID. I mean, we're operating in less than 50% most of our churches have not yet re-congregated. People have, during the shutdown, stayed at home. Some of them are following online, but there has been a disbursement of the church, and it's a time to re-congregate, and it's a time in that congregation, just in the times of Israel, when there was a con- there was a gathering, a convocation of God's people in the reading of the law, there was a revival, wasn't there, Pastor Al? Remember what Nehemiah did? He had them stand, I believe it was, wasn't it, Nehemiah? And he read the word of, the God, of God and gave the sense of it. And the people stood for that entire thing as he read. Amen. Because they had a hunger for the Word of God, and we sure need that today, don't we? That's right. And then when Ezra also read the law that the people hadn't heard in some time, they wept because they realized how far they had drifted away from God. And he said, no, not today. Today is a day to share, to break bread, Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think that's what you're praying about there, Pastor Rodney. I sense that positive uh, message from your your prayer. Thank you. Pastor Mark, we're going to ask you to pray for our young people, and you've got a pulse on that. You've got a a passion for our young people. I'm going to ask you to pray for our youth right now. Father God in heaven, we recognize you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, we come to you now humbly and beg your forgiveness as we look at a nation that has sinned against our young people. Ultimately, we know we have sinned against you, but Lord, you have continued to bless our nation with the fruit of the womb, and Lord, uh, we continue to uh, mock your holiness um, with the awful sin of abortion, and God, we pray that uh, you will uh, forgive our nation, and may we continue to fight until this evil is rid of our land. Yes, Lord. God, I want to ask forgiveness as well as we look at your image and male and female being created as part of that image. And God, uh, we as a nation now um, uh, on this onslaught against your image as we try to redefine uh, marriage and gender. And um, God, we, we beg your forgiveness for that. And we ask for your Holy Spirit and the truth of your word to not return void, for it to be proclaimed loud. Um, to our youth, and that they can understand and just see the irrationality and the judgment that will come um, because of these sins. And uh, God, we ask that our young people will will be blessed, and that and that they will not walk in the counsel of the wicked, that they will not stand in the path of sinners, that they will not sit in the seat of scoffers. Father, we pray for these young men and women that they will delight in the law of the Lord. Amen. They will meditate on it day and night, and that they will be like a tree that is firmly planted by the streams of water. And I pray, Father, that that they will yield fruit uh, in season, and that they will uh, their leaf will not wither, 
and they will prosper in the things that they do to bring you glory and further your kingdom. God, we ask um, that these young people can remember the true history of our country and those men um, and women who faithfully um, laid out the uh, guidelines, uh, the laws, uh, the Constitution that reflect your standards, your righteousness. But ultimately, Father, we pray that these young people will remember the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, they will remember his sacrifice, his atoning work on the cross for us, and that they will never forget the payment uh, that he did on the cross for our sins. And, Father, we ask for a, a moving of your Holy Spirit um, to young people, uh, that the young people will recognize that truth and know that it is far more important than anything else in this world is the recognition of who Jesus Christ is. Um, God, we lift this up before you, and it's in the name of Jesus that we ask these things. Um, we trust in you to answer them. Um, it's in his holy and precious and sacred name that we come before you. Amen. 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 And let's pray and continue to pray for our young people that have come through such difficulty this last year. A lot that we have put on them in the lockdown and the shutdown and those who lost opportunity for athletic events and uh, graduation ceremonies and all kinds of things that young people should enjoy in the time of their life was taken from them. Let's pray for our young people as we go forward in that God will use even that trial in their life to forge them to be leaders going forward. We certainly need it. So continue to pray for our young people. Thank you, Pastor Mark. I'm reading from Deuteronomy chapter 28, and this is the portion of Scripture about God's blessing and his cursing. The Bible says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua says. But really, Choose either life or choose death. There is a choice. And it says, It shall come to pass that if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. And it goes on and on about the blessings but in verse 15 it says, but if you will not hearken, if you will not obey, and this is true for not only individuals or groups, but also nations, then curses will come. And folks, that's why we ask you to join us, and I thank you that you have in this half hour to pray for our nation and to continue to pray this day and to add fasting to your prayer. As we go forward in these days of uncertainty, God is the one who knows the future. It's in his hands. I want to thank uh, my guest today, Pastor Al Davis of the Richfield Bible Baptist Church, for being with me, and Pastor Rodney Lord of the Freedom Gate Church of Marietta, Pastor Mark Abel of the Sky Watchers Ministry. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Chris. God bless. Thank you, thank you Chris. Thank you, brothers. And again, uh, thank you all for joining us in prayer and continue to lift up our nation this day. Well, stay tuned. I'm going to be talking with Pastor John Coates as he called for special prayer for the city of Columbus, a city that's hurting this last year. We're going to talk with him coming up next. Don't go away. God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. 
I'm Johnette Cruz and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust and we're back, and we're going to continue on this National Day of Prayer to talk about prayer. And uh, thank you for joining us for our panel last uh, segment as we prayed for our nation. And now we're going to focus on the city of Columbus. There was special prayer that was called for the city of Columbus this last Friday, and it was done by our pa- our good friend Pastor John Coates, who's a vice president of the NAACP of Greater Columbus and also president of of the International Interdenominational Ministers Alliance of Columbus, and uh, he and some of his colleagues called for special prayer on Friday night because the city of Columbus has seen uh, a lot of turmoil this last year, certainly, of course, like all of Ohio with the pandemic and the shutdown and uh, life being disrupted, but also with protests that turned into riots and, of course, an increased uh, uh, crime wave that's uh, overtaken the city and actually fastly coming uh, the murder capital of Ohio, unfortunately. There's been conflict with the uh, citizens and minority communities, with the police community as well, and there's been a lot of uh, turmoil in the city. And so Pastor Coates uh, called for a special time of prayer. We're going to talk about that. Pastor, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for the invitation, and what a year this has been. It has. It, 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 it is the time, as the Bible says, to try men's souls. And, <laughs> and that, that is what has happened, you know. And, you know, I want to say something. Of course, the most recent protest was the young lady that was shot by the officer because there was a disturbance in a neighborhood, and she was wielding a knife at another teenager, and uh, the officer shot her. And I, I was watching that video this afternoon from several different angles and the reports on it. It's just a tragic situation all the way around. Um, Absolutely. I, I've actually done uh, ministry in the inner city. My wife and I, when we first launched, were in the inner city of Akron, and actually a neighborhood that had some disturbances and problems. And I remember one night... Uh, there was uh, a terrible situation that unfolded right next door to us. And at that time, we were raising our, our, our babies. Uh, they were the young children. My wife and I raised eight kids, and at that time, I think we had six. And uh, the one bedroom was right next to this home that just exploded with violence in the middle of the night. I can't remember if there was gunshots, but there was yelling and screaming. I mean, blood-curdling screams. And, and there was children in the house and all that. And I knew there was, there was all kinds of drinking and problems. I run out. We called 911. The police are there. And there's children involved. And there's, you know, there's drunken adults. And Lord knows. And there, I think there was even a knifing going on. But the police stood back and did nothing. They were just, like, frozen. And I'm out there, and these babies are crying on the front porch with uh, a commotion going on, an altercation. And I, you know, you know me, uh, you know, I yelled, police, do something. I'm going to tell you, Pastor, that that was almost the end. Those officers put their, there was six of them, put their hands on their belt where the handle of their gun is. (laughs) So this preacher was almost taken out right then. And so, but I was calling for them to do something. At that moment, this guy came and chased me down. And, uh, of course, I, I used to be a little bit more more mobile than I am now. 
and I did a little move on him, and he totally missed me. He lunged at me, and then they they jumped on him and arrest him, and then they did all the things that they do, the arresting and stuff, and you know, so I've been in those kind of tense situations. This was like one of those situations when the single officer shows up and it unfolds. It almost explodes the moment he shows up for whatever reason. I think it's spiritual, to be honest with you. And so tragic, this this young lady lost her life. Uh, tell us about what y- your thoughts are about that. Well, well, it, it was certainly tragic, and there were that, that one officer did pull up, but there were several officers that that showed up at that time, as as, as um, some of the videos will reflect. But the tragedy, it would have been tragic if he came earlier. It would have been tragic if he came later. It would have ended up tragic if he didn't shoot. It was tragic, of course, because he did end up having to um, to shoot a, a 16-year-old. And people um, 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 ask many questions as to what else could have been done. We hear the 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 cries of de-escalation, and couldn't he have tased her in the arm or in the leg or gotten between um, the two girls? You know, there were adults on the scene watching and video and and and, and maybe even participating in the fight itself. Right. Um, the, the, but the, the greater tragedy in all of this, as the scab is ripped off of it. Um, through investigation, is uh, we can't talk about um, the, the the impact of broken families and some of the challenges that are, are the many challenges that families are dealing with in across America and rural and urban environments everywhere, but especially within urban environments, we see uh, 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 various degrees, layers of dysfunctionalism that are impacting the lives of the old. The um, of parents of children, and um, and certainly a broken foster system in this case as well. So it's it's tragic across the board. And then, of course, the shooting took place um, right after or right before the Derek Chauvin verdict. Three guilty verdicts were issued. So you you had all of the hype surrounding this um, this this case and this. Jury coming up yep. with a decision and, yep. and national news breaking into it. You know, it's great. We expect them to come out any minute now. Yep. And, um, and and all of that. All that tension. Have, all, all that, that tension. tension. And, and then you have a tragic situation that was waiting to explode on, on the far east end of Columbus and or the south side, the southeast side of Columbus. And it was and it was absolutely devastating. But it would have been tragic, regardless as to what decision that officer would have made in a split in, within within seconds, literally seconds, not a minute, not thirty seconds to contemplate of as to what to do. But within like yeah. a ten second period of time, and I would add, Chris, that um, as 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 many of the many criticisms that I might have against the mayor of um, of Columbus, I have to applaud um, Mayor Ginther for getting that video out immediately right. because he, he, he was going to push for it to be released the next day, but because he pushed, it was released that evening, and because he put, and because of the release of that video, people were able to see it for themselves, not the, rely on someone else's dictation as to what they were seeing but the, um, or what was on the video or what happened. A mass of the community was able to see that, make their own decisions, and I believe that it diffused a situation that could have caused um, the capital city to become a flashpoint once again. Right, and um, and it did not, and it did not happen. It, it, you know, the, the, our community is still upset, um, of course, about a 16-year-old yes. being um, shot. We're still upset about what all is being revealed surrounding. Her, her her case and and is and is um is tragic in every area. We're talking with Pastor John Coates. He is a vice president of the NAACP of Greater Columbus, also president of the Interdenominational Ministers Alliance of Columbus. He called for special prayer last Friday night, but Pastor, let's rewind almost a year ago in the city of Columbus. Before the George Floyd riots took place on May 28th of last year, we're coming up on the anniversary, 
And for a lot of us who traffic to Columbus and work at the State House, like myself, over almost two decades now, representing the church's interest, and uh, mo- mostly spending my time downtown with the Capitol and, uh, or the other offices or the state school board's offices, that kind of thing, uh, maybe stopping up north of town in the Polaris area for uh, a restaurant or something or visiting with a friend over in German Village, but not really uh, getting to other parts of the city. So when the riots, or we should say the protests, turned riots on May 28th, of last year. I was in Columbus two days earlier giving testimony in committee on the founding of American Documents curriculum, which is teaching about our constitutional rights and our the, the Bill of Rights. And actually there was a, a member of the uh, committee, uh, a minority, uh, African-American from uh, one of the uh, districts, and we were in an exchange about uh, teaching this in the classroom and about the in his view, from the inequity of uh, the history of slavery, and then, uh, you know, what what has happened in our nation. I was talking to him. I said, I'm going to tell you what I would say to my students if I was teaching American government history class, and what I would tell my minority students, if you're stopped by the police, you have the same constitutional rights that I have. And uh, you can invoke those rights, and it may not be during the time of arrest. Let's say you're unlawfully arrested or charged or something. It's through due process, and you have the same constitutional rights and teach them about those rights and privileges that we have in this representative form of government. Two days later, the city explodes. I turn on the TV. I'm like, what in the world is happening in Columbus? And it just exploded, and you and I, you were on our program talking about it, the so-called peaceful protests that turned into riots. In fact, they didn't even loop you in to, if it was about community policing, if it was about those kinds of issues, they certainly didn't loop in some of the leadership of the city like the NAACP because they had no intent of doing that because whether it was Black Lives Matter or Antifa, these anarchists that came had another intention altogether. Yes, absolutely. And um, I remember that that Thursday evening very, very clearly. And it's the George Floyd, I believe, was killed on a Tuesday that the, these protests turned into riots uh, um, happened on a Thursday evening. And not only was it protest and riots, Chris, but it was also insurrection. It was insurrection on the Ohio State House. Yes. You want to talk about a state, a state capital insurrection. One happened in Columbus, Ohio on the 28th of, of May in the year 2020. And uh, we watched it take place. Now, uh, we watched these professional protesters come into central Ohio on a, on a Thursday. No announcement, of course, that they were coming. The NAACP didn't receive an announcement. Of, the other civil rights organizations did not receive an announcement. Um, but these professional protesters showed up in Columbus with weapons, with weapons. They said, well, what's a weapon? A weapon is a, is a multiple, uh, uh, hundreds, of, uh, hundreds of frozen water bottles, frozen water bottles. So they, they're literally able to throw ice at a um, at a police officer like they have a a German hand grenade with a handle in their hand yeah. and um, th- there were broken pallets pallets of concrete that was broken up into uh, hand sized pieces to be able to be thrown and, um, and you you had- went down there and I witnessed this you oh, saw oh, it on I TV but it. you I got down there and oh, you saw it your first hand. I had to see it, and uh, as for myself, they had sticks with nails that were driven through the sticks to be used as 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 weapons. And their their technique is to get things riled up, make sure there's plenty of live video coverage. <laughs> In this case, the so-called revolution was televised, and um, the um, and people were watching it in the palms of their hands. So they started. They they position where where their crowds are, where their units are located at, and then they move in procedure, in military type procedure, and um, and they get and the young kids were down there. Uh, 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 I had friends that were literally walking through the crowd, telling the kids to go home, just go home, go home. This isn't a safe place to be, 
and um, it was it was it was very disappointing to to watch businesses, business friends, many small businesses that I know the owners of have their businesses ramshacked and uh, uh, glass windows. Oh, it's tragic, on. tragic. Uh, just, 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 just destruction on top of destruction on top of destruction. Protest is one thing. We have a constitutional right to protest, but when violence incurs and, and destruction takes place, that's not, that's, not, that's not good, and it should not have been um, tolerated. That's right. And so that was last year, and a lot of us were just dumbfounded, like, what happened in our capital city? But then we've been through a year now, and of course those protests and rioting and disruption and uh, all t- and un- a very unsettled city went on through the month of May and into June and July and through the summer. Um, now, um, it, it, it led you, you know, so it, the, the city looked like a war zone. I mean, most of downtown was boarded up, and it was just shocking to see. In fact, most of the legislature wasn't meeting, so they didn't see it. And I would call some of the office holders said, well, I haven't been downtown. I said, well, you need to get down there. You need to see what our capital city looks like, and you need to you need to engage in this thing. And so, you know, Pastor, you calling for prayer for the city really resonated with me. And, you know, there is a peaceful way f- forward for the city of Columbus to address its issues, not just peace for peace sake, but uh, peace for uh for for resolution of people that are hurting in the city. And so even though we, we disagree with the anarchists who came to exploit the situation, there's people in the city that are hurting. They're either hurting economically, they're he, they're hurting sociologically and and that the the family structure is broken down and and uh, you know people that are just the forgotten and fallen in the cracks and all of that. And I think the city fathers realize that. Uh, it's a little. It's it's always too big for them because government doesn't have an answer. I mean, they can be they can assist and they can help, but the church is going to have to really get on the front end of this thing. And and you know, brother, you've been doing that and you know, calling for prayer. That's the first thing you do because you well, are yeah, dealing with absolutely. a spiritual problem. Absolutely. The Friday before our prayer meeting, I called an emergency meeting of the members of the. IMA Columbus, the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance of Columbus and Vicinity, to discuss, you know, the shooting that had just taken place, yeah. the uh, Chauvin verdict, the and the other pressing issues of uh, that were going on in, at the in our city. We had we had a discussion. I brought former police officers who are now in ministry um, in to answer technical questions, um, like how come. Um, Police aren't trained to shoot people in the arm and the leg, and to uh, when there's seconds to decide if they should risk trying to tase someone or not. When when that tasing might fail, and um, and still not prevent a um, a violent crime from taking place. So we were able to talk through these things, and I thought it was important that that clergy receive um, information. Um, um, logistical information, factual information on how law enforcement is trained. Not to give an opinion on whether they think the training is right or not, but to give information that this is uh, this is what law enforcement is trained to do uh, in the very dangerous jobs that they have to um, when they show up on the scene of an active situation. So we had that conversation, and we talked about other issues, and then we said, well, we're going to call for prayer because as clergy organizations we're civically involved we're politically involved we're 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 active in various areas but at some point it should be very high priority for us to look to the hills from which cometh our help and knowing that our only real help comes from God so i called for an emergency prayer meeting that was that, that i opened up to intercessors the be it if they were clergy if they were if they were people to just pray for laity laity and i opened it up opened up the um the floor and we came together on last friday to um to pray for our city we prayed for the citizens of our city we prayed against um the um, um uh, fear that people feel we prayed against poverty we prayed for our city leaders 
You know, and when I say leaders, I mean city leaders, not yes. just elected officials. Um, we, we pray for police. We pray for uh, everyone that's actually in, in, in engaged and the situations um, that's saturating our city right now. We're, ne- we're at nearly 66 murders this year. Um, um, last year, we were the murder capital of Ohio, and we're well on our way to becoming that again. We're, there's, a, there's, a, there's a crime wave, a violent um, surge, a murder surge that's taking place in our city. And it's disproportionately young people and, unfortunately, many African Americans. And, um, <laughs> you know, so it's time for us to, uh, to do that on this past Saturday I participated in a program where we, where we told our young people in the community, this is what you do when you get stopped by the police. You know, yeah, we can, we can talk about your constitutional rights all day long, but we need you to know what to do if you're pulled over by police. Yes. What should your, what, what should your attitude be? Right. You know, what should your tone be? You know, and um, uh, where should your hands be at? How should your lights be on? Should they be off? Should your windows be rolled down or be rolled up? You know, what makes the situation safer for that officer and ultimately making it safer for you as well? Well, because I wouldn't want to be a police officer having to approach somebody's car. No. Okay. With jet black tint windows in the front and in the back. <laughs> I don't even want to be driving by a pastor. I don't know if they could do a shoot a shoot them up, okay? I don't know what's going on in that car, right? It's a little scary. That's scary. That's scary. And, um, you know, but that's what our police officers are doing day in and day out. I know they are. In their homes when they start their shift, not knowing if they're going to return or not. But, um, but that's a scary situation. So if you have... Uh, a, a protest or a complaint or a grievance with how a police officer handles a situation. Well, there's a time and a place for that, but let's get everybody out of the situation alive. Amen. First, we're talking with Pastor John Coates, the Vice President of the NAACP of Greater Columbus, and also President of Interdenominational Ministers Alliance of Columbus. We're talking about praying for the city of Columbus, which hosts our state government. We need to pray for this city that's been through so much this last year. We need to pray for the communities within the city. And we need to pray for the ministries within the city to be equipped by God, to be able to reach into the city and into the troubled areas and the people who, well, who need help. And there's, you know, look, we're rescuing the perishing. That's what we're to do as the church. And so um, it's not just throwing a couple bucks at the inner, you know, the, the city mission, folks. It's about getting out there yourself and being part of the solution and engaging with people that need our help. And so we're going to be talking about that on this program because, you know, all across our state right now, there's hurting people. There's the forgotten there's the people that have been shut away for over a year now. People that are still afraid to come out. You know, the Bible says, uh, look after the orphan and widow in their affliction and keep yourself unspotted from the world. This is this is uh, pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this. And so, you know, this is what we need to be doing. And there's a lot of orphans right now. And in the minority community, they need our help. There's a lot of people that just need to learn to read. And you know what? There's no greater way than to start reading than helping them to read the Bible. You know, there's you know, there's a lot of people who say, but if I could just read, I'd love to read the Bible. I I know that's God's word, and I would love if I could read, I'd like to read that. You know, it doesn't take a lot to actually sit down and start helping somebody to read to be a tutor. You know, it doesn't take rocket science. It just takes a little patience and a little uh, willpower. Isn't that right, Pastor? Absolutely. You know, COVID tried to shut the church down along with some political leaders, and, uh, and, 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 and I just encourage everyone to go back to church, go back to church, go back to church, and um, that's the number one. Secondly, join an organization so you can take part in some organized, structured activity that will help in your community or in somebody else's community. Join a PTA, join a Rotary Club, join a... Um, a a, a, a crisis pregnancy center. Join, join something and, and do your work in an organized 
fashion and and let's continue to pray and reach to God that he would empower us to um, to battle against these forces of evil. Uh, the Bible says, uh, the, uh, Jesus said to Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, guess what? The gates of hell are trying to prevail against us, and <laughs> it's time for us to stand up and to fight back against this evil that's trying to take us over. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. And folks, you can follow Pastor on uh, Facebook. Uh, just look up Pastor John Coates. What's another way for folks to follow you, Pastor? Well, they can go to uh, Facebook, my church Facebook page, the Metropolitan Church of God in Christ, or you can also go to Facebook, Instagram for the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance of Columbus and Vicinity, and if that's too long of a tongue twister, just put an I-M-A, I as in um, um, I, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, um, Columbus, and you'll be able to find us. Amen. Well, Pastor, thank you for uh, sharing with us today. And, and folks, we're going to cover it to pray with the church in Columbus for the city of Columbus. Will you do that with us? Covet to pray with us, and let's pray for the peace of God over the city of Columbus, which hosts our state capital. God bless you all. Thank you, Pastor, for being with me today. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And again, if you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. If you'd like to make a contribution to help us stay on the air, you could do that as well. There's a donate button right at the top of the page. We thank you for your support. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.